Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. All right. Well, we're going to get started, everybody. This is thrilling. This is really, really exciting. All right. Uh, Deacon, here's your microphone. My microphone? Yeah, here you go. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, let me turn this down just a little bit. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. There we go. There we go. How's that? Is that pretty good? I don't want to be blasting yet because we're not, you know, this is okay. Can you hear me in the back? Oh, good. Okay. All right. Well, we are, uh, we're underway. This is, uh, this is, like I said, this is totally thrilling. For those of you who don't know who I am, I, I, I don't know. I, does anybody, I, I'll just tell you, I'm Father Pat. I'm uh, one of the priests here. Father Joe's the pastor. I'm the parochial vicar here. Um, we are missing some of our potential new Catholics. They are not with us tonight. We have seven, four of the seven are here. The other three they are never going to become Catholic, and um, they're all going to go to hell. So, um, just kidding. So, uh, it's, uh, we got our, our potential newbies up in the front, and we've got our cradle Catholics in the back. Let me see. Cradle Catholics, let me see your hands. Hello, cradle Catholics. Wonderful. This is great. Um, yeah, this is really, really great. Um, of the cradle Catholics who are here, are there any, con- are any of you converts? Any of you go through RCIA? Okay, so a few of you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Okay, all right, all right. They say, they say that converts make the best Catholics. Uh, they say that. That's the thing they say. Uh, I would add to it. I would say converts and reverts make the best Catholics, right? So what's a revert? A revert would be someone who was raised as a cradle Catholic. So you grew up as, as you know, you were baptized Catholic. You maybe went to Catholic school, had all your initial sacraments as a little kiddo. And then at a certain point along the way in your journey, you kind of, you meet the Lord and you have this personal appropriation of the faith that you were just born into, right? Because just simply being baptized doesn't make you a disciple. It just means you got baptized. You're part of the body of Christ. Yes, all those things. But there has to be this sort of personal ownership, right? You have to have this reversion, right? I'm going to tell you my story of reversion later uh, in the night here. So there has to be this moment when you encounter Jesus and you give your life to him. Like that's, what, that's my hope and prayer for all of us, whether you are on the journey of becoming Catholic or you're someone who's been Catholic your whole life, whether you want to do uh, the BBC or the BC version of this journey, becoming a better Catholic or becoming a Catholic, um, the whole hope is that, uh, yeah, that, that we would all grow deeper in our relationship with the Lord, right? Because in the end of the day, like that's what we need. We need to know him. We need to know him, and that's what's most important. So I'm going to turn it over to Deacon Rich here, who's going to do some intros and some intro comments before uh, we pray and, uh, and dive in. So Deacon Rich, everybody, you know here Deacon Rich. Give him a round of applause. Yay! All right. Am I on? Yes, oh, yeah, I you am. are. Oh, I'm ready to go. This is exciting. Father Pat and I have been so excited for, oh, the last month or two, and so... Even though there are only a few here now, we have, like he said, we have seven, and I always, every year, in about four weeks, I'll be getting another email, and another call, and another call, 
And uh, I think one year we, uh, we went all the way to December and we still, I had three women who called me and they were just on fire. I said, are you serious? And they said, yes, we're serious. And I could point them out to you at, at, at mass and they're, they're just as hot, they're still as hot as can be for the Lord. So, uh, okay. So I want to uh, talk about a couple of things. Uh, please try to be here at least uh, 15 minutes before seven o'clock because we're streaming live and we want to get started on time for those people who are watching us out there. And then uh, as you come in, grab a refreshment. We always have refreshments. That's a great thing about us Catholics. We love to eat. We have meals after meals after meal and gather. Uh, and then we will have a refresh break about halfway through Father's presentation or whoever will be pre presenting. You can feel free to take a break, get another refresh. The restrooms are in, down the hallway here, the men's and ladies uh, restroom. I will open the back door to the church. That will always be open on Wednesday evening, and the west parking lot door will also be open. So you can park in this parking lot between the parish center and, and the church also. Um, becoming Catholic people, you go immediately to the Becoming Catholic registration table each time. Be sure to sign in. Uh, for right now, just get a name tag. Get a name tag each time. Uh, no sign in. I know you all, most of you. So I can, I can uh, take a, a, a tally in my head. Enjoy the refreshments, like I said. And you who are coming in, bring your folder and bring your Bible to each of the uh, sessions. If anybody of you have lost your Bible or can't find it in your house, you Catholics, uh, because it's covered with dust or whatever, you know, or cobwebs, I have uh, extra copies of Bibles here. Feel free to help yourself. And if you've never had a catechism of the Catholic Church, you, every person in this room should have a catechism of the Catholic Church on their coffee table or a table somewhere that's visible. Please, please feel free to take a copy of that. I have got plenty of those. Got, got a whole carload full of them. All right. Uh, let's see what else here. I do have prayer books that we hand out. I'm going to get a zillion of those for you, all of our traditional Catholic prayers uh, to have. So we'll have, I'll let you know, still some delays in the shipping. Uh, this whole COVID thing is still a little bit of a ripple effect. But there's a, I have a favorite prayer book that I like to use every year. If you need to contact me, you can contact me through the parish uh, number and leave a message, or you can email me at the parish website. I'll, be more, I'll get back to you as, as soon as I can. I think I'm pretty prompt about that. And let's see what else. I think that's about all I have to say about that. So let's have a quick introduction of those who are coming into the church or starting their journey into the church. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go around. So just introduce yourself very quickly and tell us something about yourself and why you're here. And uh, we'll just kind of go around here. I'm Eric Herman. Eric. First, I didn't know if I wanted to do this, but um, after going through some of the Catholic um, marriage prep with Father Pat, I found myself very interested, and I figured this was the right time. So, here I am. Awesome. Yeah. Welcome, Eric. So I'm Christina. Like you said, I'm his fiance. Uh, I have a Catholic life. Um, I should give her the microphone. In Orville. Uh, I've had a couple cousins that come here. 
Oh yeah, Mike, here we go. <laughs> so I've had a couple cousins that have come here. My grandparents went here, so I kind of somewhat grew up in this church, but um, moved to Norton, so past two years I've been a parishioner, so yeah. Hi, I'm Laura Kang. I um, <clears throat> started coming here with him. He's my fiance. We just got engaged last month. Um, grew up going to church, the uh, Diet Church of Christ, and just didn't feel right, so I, you know, he's been Catholic his whole life, figured to try it out. Welcome. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have you. And congratulations on your engagement. My name is Paul. I've actually, I'm a cradle Catholic as well. I went to Sacred Heart K through 8. I graduated in 2013. I was going to be confirmed, but due to illness, I never was confirmed. So I'm going through the confirmation process here with the RCI yeah. program. Yeah. At the same time, since we're going to be married through the church here at Sacred Heart, so we're each other's sponsor. And that's why I'm here for RCI to be her sponsor. She's my sponsor. All right. And we're going through the program together. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I, I don't, don't know about you, but I've had a record number of couples. They're coming to, to the church to be married. It's oh, yeah. a great, great thing that's going on. Okay, Shay. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm Stephen. Um, I grew up in North Canton at St. Paul's Church. I went there um, through fifth grade, and uh, some cradle Catholic as well. And I uh, moved back after school um, to the Akron area. So we were looking for a church when Shane and I started dating. Tried a couple out, and uh, really felt like this place was a home for us. So. Um, just joined this church officially like two months ago maybe and uh, yeah so we're having a good time we really like you we're, really, we're glad to have you very glad to have all of you uh, you're Catholic I'm not you're not I am not <laughs> after, after we're done with you you will be <laughs> you just see every week so you just assume I am I right? yeah. lots of people I, I do I, I do don't go to communion so that is why I'm here I miss communion so oh, much oh. Um, I grew up in a church where I had communion every week and we left there about a year and a half ago and, and came here oh and okay I had been without communion and Rick and I were married um, 38 years ago so we are not engaged father old from Medina was part of our um, wedding ceremony sure. 38 years ago sure yeah. so Rick is my sponsor that's wonderful I yeah I am and I went to uh, church at the same grade school I'll get as my you. dad I'll get you to fill out a form afterwards which is sadly being closed or is closed, but uh, that was a long time ago. And uh, really glad to be back back in the Catholic Church. Uh, we've moved a lot in our lives, and uh, we went to some different churches. But uh, really glad to be here. We joined uh, here. It's been uh, when did we join? This year, this summer. Yeah, so, it was not too so long we ago. We joined this summer, so uh, really looking forward to being a sponsor uh, for Penn, my uh, partner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. Good. And I, I might add a couple with two great smiles. Okay, that's I noticed that for sure. Okay, I have one last thing I want to tell you about. 
every time you come, each Wednesday. This is a prayer box. Each year we have uh, the different uh, groups make a prayer box for that particular year. And this, was, this one was particularly beautiful, so we've kept using this one. I'll have this over at our registration table, which may be over there next time, we'll see. But when you come in or during the break, if you have someone that you have an intention for that you would like us to pray for, traditionally at the end of every session, we uh, pray these intercessions. So feel free, there will be a sticky note, no more than a sticky note, just a few, few words, and uh, we'll pray that with you and for you and for your loved one. Okay, that's all I have. Awesome. Well, that's yours. Here. Boop. Is it off? There we go. All right, yeah. Thank you, Father. The, uh, the other few who are not with us are lost sheep that we lost track of. Um, we've got another couple, Oliver and Shaley, who are also getting married. Um, and then we have uh, two young adult ladies, Abby, who is a freshman in college. She's a pilot, which is so cool. Um, and uh, a young lady named Sage, who's a senior at, does she go to Chippewa, Deacon? Yes. Sage, okay, yeah. So She's at Chippewa. Yeah. And we got also some, some young kids who are also going to be going through an RCIC, so Rite of Christian Initiation for Children. So we got a pretty big crew this year. And like Deacon said, we're just, like, just going to take more as they come, right? So uh, come. Chris Serger's praying and fasting like crazy that we would have like 30 people this year. So... Yeah, he's going to be wasting away, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. So what we're doing, though, like I just was thinking, I was standing back here, like this is a very unique thing, right? So this combination is what I mean, this combination of the inquirers, those who are interested in becoming Catholic, in addition to like inviting in the cradle Catholic crew, just, just inviting parishioners to just come in, listen in on this conversation, um, the reason why I wanted to do this was, one, it was like, I couldn't think of another way to uh, catechize, if you will, my parishioners. It's like we're already doing this. Like we're already having a time one night a week where we're like unpacking the mysteries of the faith. We're diving into all this stuff. It's beautiful. It's rich. We're already setting it up. The camera's already here. So why not invite the Catholics who've been coming to Mass their whole lives who maybe haven't heard this stuff. Like, it, I just thought, two birds with one stone. That, that, was my, that was literally my thought. This would be so great if we could invite as many uh, of our parishioners to just join in on this conversation and this journey, too. I just think that there's, there's, so, there's so much that you don't know that you don't know, right? And uh, my hope for all of us, inquirers and cradle Catholics, is that we would all, like I said, come to a deeper, just a deeper love of this faith. It's so rich. It's so beautiful. So... Before we like really dive in, dive in tonight, I want to start, Deacon told me I had to start with one thing he told me I had to teach you tonight. Um, and it's probably the, one of the very first things, those of you who are cradle Catholics and those of you who are parents, you probably taught your kids when you were teaching them how to pray, which is, as Catholics, the very first thing that we do when we make, when we start any type of prayer, whether it's Mass, whether it's a prayer before meal, is we make the sign of the cross, right? It's one of those most Catholic things that we do, right? The sign of the cross from forehead to torso, left shoulder, right shoulder, why do we do that? Well, you've got to think of a way to start a prayer, so we just went with that. Um, I'm just kidding. No, we have a reason. There's reasons, right? There's a reason. There's a reason, right? Think about what we do. We start a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We invoke the names of the persons of the Blessed Trinity. 
right? So we are calling upon God who has revealed himself to us as a trinity. Much more on that later, right? Stay tuned for more. But we are calling upon God by the name that he's revealed himself, that I am this eternal exchange of life and love. I am Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? That just like our Jewish brothers and sisters, right? Christianity grew out of Judaism. We are monotheistic, right? One God. Believe in one God. But that one God has revealed himself in three persons, right? It's not like the Father is one-third God, the Son is one-third God, the Holy Spirit's one-third God. Nope. They're all God. If your brain hurts a little bit, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. So we invoke the names of the blessed persons of the Trinity while we engage our own bodies, not in any kind of way. We're not like, like steal a third, right? Like that's not what we're doing, right? We trace on our bodies the symbol, the sign of the cross. Why? Because it was the cross that saved us. It was Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, becoming flesh, God becoming a human being, right? Entering into our humanity, entering into the depths of humanity, entering into the sorrow and the alienation, the total loss of death. He enters into the worst and scariest thing on the worst and scariest instrument of death, the cross. He enters into it. The cross is the way that we were saved, right? His sacrifice. And it's the sacrifice that saves us, right? And I'm not just like, I'm not just, I'm not an angel. I don't mean that like I misbehave sometimes. What I mean is, I have a body. You have a body. You are somebody, right? St. Paul says in his letter, uh, one of the letters, I forget which one, (laughs) I'm a Catholic. Um, It's in there. We await the redemption, not just of our souls, we wait to, he says we, wait the, we await the redemption of our bodies, right? Christ came to redeem and save our bodies. Our bodies matter. We're going to talk much more about this as the year goes on. The, the, that, all of that and so much more is contained in this little gesture of the sign of the cross when we start our prayers, right? It's the way we are saying we are claimed by God who is a trinity. We are saved by God who died for us on a cross, and he is saving me right here and right now. So let's pray. If you want, if you're a new newbie, you're welcome to join us in the sign of the cross. If you're not comfortable with that yet, totally fine. But as Catholics, we start in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God Almighty, I give you thanks and praise for this night. For this journey, for all of those folks who are assembled here, Lord, thank you for their openness. Thank you for their willingness to walk on this road. Jesus, you've, you've seen this night, you've seen this assembled group of people that from before the foundation of the world, you knew who would be here, you know our stories, you know our hearts, and Jesus, you are just so delighted that we are here, and you desire to give us good gifts, you desire to fill us with life. You say to us in the Gospels, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus, as we start this journey together this year, becoming Catholic, becoming a better Catholic, Lord, we, we just want to open our hearts. We don't know exactly how to do that, so Lord, give us the grace to open our hearts. 
We make this prayer, Jesus, in your mighty and holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. I want to start with this wonderful lady. Flannery O'Connor is one of my intellectual heroes. She was a uh, she was an author, a writer in the 20th century who, um, she died way too young. She died of lupus when she was, I think, 38 years old. So uh, amazing writer, fiction writer from the South, great wit. She had some amazing short stories, some amazing novels, and she was a devout woman, devout woman. I've been to her hometown. I've been to her, her home where she lived and where she died. I've been to her parish where she went to Mass every single uh, Sunday. And I love what she says here. You do not join the Catholic Church. You become a Catholic. So she says, you not join the Catholic Church, you become a Catholic. Emphasis on the become part here, right? You become a Catholic. In a similar way, I would say this, that one does not join a marriage, one becomes a spouse. Okay, you with me? Those of you who are married, raise your hand, married people. Those of you who are uh, attempting to be married sometime soon, okay, very good, <laughs> wonderful. Okay. No pressure up here, guys. I'm not even looking at you. Okay. You do not join the institution of marriage. You're like, I think I'm going to be married. Would you have any paperwork I can sign up for that thing called marriage? No, no. The way that you enter into this thing called marriage is by becoming a spouse. Well, what does that mean? How do you become a spouse? Well, at some point along the way in your journey, another person enters your horizon of your experience. There's another person right? This other person who is totally different than you. And yet this person looks upon you and there's something about them that they are getting in on the inside. They make an impact on you. And then it's up to you to decide, will I let this person in, right? Those of you who are married, again, think back on all those years ago when you were dating and courting in those engagement years when you were um, like coming to know this person, like your beloved, your spouse, right? You're letting them in deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. That's how you become a spouse, by letting yourself be affected by another person. And then at a certain point, you realize, man, I can't live life without this person. My whole identity, my whole being is wrapped up in this other person. Like you make the decision to adhere your life to this other person, right? That's what a spouse is. Honestly, in the same way, Sure, all analogies limp, but that's what being a Christian is. That's what, joint, that's what being coming a Catholic is. A Catholic is not someone who just simply has been baptized into this faith. It's someone who, yes, has been baptized, but then who has met the person of Jesus and has chosen to adhere your life to Jesus in and through the church. That's what this is about. That's what this year is going to be about. That's what this journey is about. Meeting, if I can put it this way, meeting and falling in love with this Jesus, falling in love with the truth of this faith, the beauty of this faith, falling in love with the church that Christ founded, right? That's what this year is about. Why? To adhere your life to him. Why? Because life with Christ is better. That's the claim, right? That's, that's, the, that's the claim we make. That's what we have to offer, right? That's what, that's what we're selling from the beginning. Like, you know, life with Jesus is better than life without Jesus, like, that's what we're offering. So this whole process, this is a, it's a formational process. It's not just about the head, it's also about the heart, right? 
And the journey from the head to the heart is the longest journey that, that we'll ever take. For letting these truths, especially I'm talking to the cradle Catholics right now, letting these truths that maybe you have intellectually assented to for years and years and years, but have they ever sunk into your heart? Has your heart been affected? Like as Catholics, we don't talk a lot about relationship with Jesus, but we should, right? Being a Catholic, right, Christianity, it is romance. It's romance. You ever notice that heaven's described as a wedding feast? Where there's a bridegroom? You know who the bride is? Raise your hand. Everybody, raise your hand. Everybody, you're the bride. Right? <coughs> if you haven't met the bridegroom yet, heaven might be a little bit awkward. <laughs> this faith of ours is deep. It's so, 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 so deep. And Jesus is not just simply interested in like your head. He's interested in your heart. Right? Both head and heart. So this is, if I can put it this way, it's kind of like an apprenticeship model, right? The apprentices back in the medieval age, right, they would, if you wanted to become a blacksmith, you didn't go to blacksmithing school, you apprenticed to a blacksmith. You moved in with a blacksmith. And it might be years before you ever picked up a hammer or like stood at the anvil or worked the forge. You would watch the blacksmith, watch what he does, watch how he, just watch his whole mode of being, Right? That's how this was always meant to work from the beginning. And we see this in the Gospels. We see this in John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1. We have, you see these, the disciples of John the Baptist, right? So John the Baptist is Jesus' um, just call him cousin, for lack of a better term. Jesus' cousin. He's out at the River Jordan. He's baptizing people. And he's got this whole crew of disciples that are following him, that are with him. And one day, to the shore of the Jordan, Jesus comes along. And these disciples, John the Baptist, leave John the Baptist, they start following Jesus. They're like creeping behind him. I always think it's a very funny scene, just picturing them just like, like hiding behind trees, like, Jesus, did he see us? Right? You know? Jesus turns, he looks at them, and he says, uh, what are you looking for? Some translations will say, what do you desire? Or what are you seeking? It's the first question that he asks. Right? The first thing that Jesus, when he opens his mouth in the Gospel of John, it's a question about their desire. What are you looking for? What are you seeking? What do you desire? And this is what they respond. They say, Master, where are you staying? In other words, like, we just want to, we want to be where you are. We want to apprentice to you. We want to move into the orbit of your being because we, there's something about the way that you live that's so compelling and different. We want whatever it is that you have, right? That's what this is. That's the invitation. It's an invitation that comes from the heart of Jesus. He says to them in response, when they say, where are you staying? He says, come and see. And this is what Jesus is saying to you. Come and see. Like, this is where Jesus is staying, right? This is what we would claim as Catholics, that this is, this is the place that Jesus is staying, and he's inviting you, like, come and see. Just no pressure. No pressure. Some of us said, like, we're just, here to, we're just here to check it out. Come and see is what he says. The church, especially the Catholic church, I'll put it this way, especially the Catholic church, can look very weird to the, to, to, from the outside. I'll put it that way. We got a lot of weird things. We do a lot of weird things, right? 
we have, I won't go into it tonight, but we got a lot of weird things. There's a lot of weird things that we do. We look like, to a lot of the world, like these old Gothic cathedrals of Europe, right? Like these big, imposing structures. There's gargoyles and stone and these dark windows. It's just like, what is this? It's like imposing. It looks very bizarre from the outside, right? That's how the church is. That's what the church looks like to the modern world, I think, to many people. Bizarre, kind of grotesque. Like, that's just, what? A, what who thought of that, right? Like, that kind of thing. But, but, it's only once you step into the church, <laughs> from the inside does it make sense, is the beauty coming forth, right? Those stained glass windows are not meant to be viewed from the outside. It's from the inside of it. Like so many of our church's teachings that we're going to go through this year that seem kind of bizarre, seem kind of like, that just, that can't be right. Well, you're looking at it from this side. You have to step into it and you're like, oh, I, yeah, I get it. I see. This, by the way, is Chartres Cathedral in France. Stunning, 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 stunning. So, how are we going to step inside? That's the question. How are we going to step inside? By telling you everything you need to know about uh, the Catholic Church. We're going to teach you everything. So, this is going to be a 15-year process. <laughs> and we will all likely die a natural death before that <laughs> happens. No, there's just no way. There's just no way. What we're going to do, the image that came to my mind when I was praying about this was uh, an overture, like at the symphony. An overture, right, is the sort of this long piece that introduces the themes of the entire piece, right? It's, it itself is a, like a, a mashup, if you will, of all these different themes of the entire piece, the entire larger structure. I want to introduce you to the overture of the Catholic faith, right? The Catholic faith, the Catholic Church is so big, there's so much that we could dive into, and we just simply don't have the time, even though it seems like, you mean like from September till May, like every week for an hour and a half you don't have the time? Yeah, there's so much. There's so much. I do mean that. So what I want to do, myself, Deacon Rich, and Chris Serger, we're going to be their primary guides throughout this journey. We want to focus on the mountain peaks, if you will, of this beautiful mountain range of, of the faith, um, focusing on these big thematic pieces. And the way we're going to do that is, first and foremost, for our Becoming Catholic Inquirers, um, and also, if you're a team member, I'd like to give you also a hard copy of um, the Becoming Catholic Manual, which uh, we lovingly put together this summer, me and Lisa Hanna. It was a chore. There's nothing more maddening when you go to like hole punch something and you realize it wasn't aligned and you want to jump out the window because you just like, oh, I got to start over. Okay, so why this binder full of all these photocopies? Well, because it's a lot cheaper than asking you to buy all of these books. This is where you go, ooh, <laughs> ah, right? Yeah, um, my job is to read uh, and pray and think and study and come to know Jesus and come to know the church more. So like, it's, it's very difficult for me to try and boil down like what I want you to read. Like on the topic of Mary, there's about 500 books and encyclicals and letters and YouTube videos that I was like, yeah, you should watch all of these. Well, you're not going to watch all of them. You're not going to read all of them, right? So, all right, what's the best of the best content, best bang for your buck, stuff that's like understandable, not flying high in the sky, crazy theology, but just like I can digest this as a beginner, as someone who's maybe even been on the road for a while. Um, 
that's what this content is, right? So I, I really took a lot of time to find some of the best chapters and some of the best books uh, to explore this stuff with you. That, that's the idea. That's, that's been the idea. Um, and you'll notice as maybe you go through some of these binders that uh, there's pages that already have underlines and, and little thingies in the margin. Those aren't my notes, okay? So there's a few of these books that were out of print. So I had to buy used copies, which is awful. Um, and so like to photocopy used copies, I was like, there's just marks in the margins. I had to, I had a lot of like, like I had to really bring myself down and talk to my therapist about why that drove me crazy. I wanted pristine margins for you guys, but alas, it was not uh, in the cards. So forgive me for having soiled margins on some of those pages. I have to get over it. You seem like you're over it already. Okay. <laughs> so you're <laughs> like, you need to talk to somebody. <laughs> so the rationale here, some of the ra here's some of the rationale that I wanted to put the burden of, of learning um, on you. I wanted to let you be adults and treat you like adults. It seems like the right thing to do. Um, I'm not grading Deacon Rich. We're not grading. We're not quizzing you. You're not going to be like, pop quiz, Eucharist. Here we go. Church fathers, <laughs> what did John Chrysostom say? No, that's not what we're going to do. Uh, it's, it's totally up to you. How much you put into it is how much you're going to get out of it, right? So um, if, you, uh, if you notice, there's, it's, it's not like a crazy amount of reading. Like this is the reading we have for the year. It's not crazy. It's pretty manageable. Um, and my thought is that in, in the days between when we're not together, that you would take some time to actually read through it, talk through stuff with your sponsors, highlight things, note the things that you have questions on, like, I don't understand this, I need further explanation on this, um, does this connect to this, right? Like, I want you to engage it because that's how, that's how you're going to enter. That's how you're going to make the journey from the head to the heart. Um, so, I also understand that, like, there's weeks that you, like, you have a life, right? All of you, we have lives. And like, there's just going to be weeks where you can't come and that's okay. That's really okay. But I, I didn't want, uh, I never wanted you to have, um, let me reverse it. I always wanted you to have the opportunity to continue to get good t content, even if you weren't here. So there's great stuff to read, great stuff to watch. Additionally, um, Dan over here, Dan, the man first, who's our digital media marketing evangelization guru, Dan is surrounded by wires right now. <laughs> yeah, he's trapped in a prison of cables. Um, Dan is, uh, he's amazing, and he's making um, my job so easy when it comes to recording this stuff. So uh, Deacon said that, we're, that this is going live. It's not, we're not live streaming, um, but we are recording the classes. So the, all the classes that we're doing, all the sessions are being recorded, um, both the, the video and also just the audio. And the, uh, the videos will be up on our Becoming Catholic YouTube. Dan. We are live. Just kidding. I didn't think we were live. No, we're live. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeez, is that why you have the 40 second delay so you can like beep yeah, me out if you need to? Okay. He's <laughs> saying profanities up there. Okay. Um, that's hilarious. Okay, so we are live, everybody. Act like it, okay? <laughs> we need like a larger applause sign. Okay. All right. So, uh, so we are live, apparently. Um, so the whole idea would be this, that um, when, you cut, when we all come on Wednesdays, especially our, our newbies, we're going to have some time for Q&A. We're going to have some time for, like, what did you think of the readings? Is there anything we need to go into? Um, we're going to have some time for that, which that will be good most of the weeks at least. Um, but again, speaking of questions, I'm going to get to the 
our cradle Catholics and how you access this stuff in just a second. Uh, but speaking of questions, I really want, I'm sort of speaking to cradle Catholics right now, I really want us to realize that this whole process, these Wednesday nights, is primarily for the folks at the tables, right? The ones who are becoming, who have the hope to become Catholic. Um, we want to give their questions pride of place uh, in these nights. That doesn't mean, like, you can never ask a question. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, um, I want to make sure that these folks are asking their questions. They have time for their questions to be asked. And in all likelihood, I bet a lot of their questions are things that you're also thinking, right? So um, we will have several sessions throughout the year that are totally dedicated to Q&A and open forum. So uh, that, those will be some great times for, for questions to be answered. So um, yeah, so just practice, you know, restraint, cradle Catholics, because I'm sure you'll have questions. Sound good? Deal? Scout's honor? You promise? Good deal. Um, okay. So for... Those of you who do not have a hard copy of the Becoming Catholic manual, so that's all of you folks back there, um, you can access it at our Becoming Catholic portal that's on our website. So Dan is going to uh, do a little demo for us right now. So he's going to go to SHOF Jesus. Should I say shove Jesus? But you want to do that. Shovejesus.com. Okay, you can go up here to I'm New. You can scroll down to Becoming Catholic. And that'll take you to the Becoming Catholic portal. You scroll down, scroll down, down this beautiful website that Dan made. Look at that. So amazing. Look at that face. Holy cow. <laughs> I'll be Catholic just to see that guy. There's the live stream. Oh, so we are live, everybody. Okay. All right. You go all the way down here to access the companion guide. Click here to access the companion guide. So again, this is for you folks that if you also want to read the materials that we are exploring week to week, this is where you go. So this first page, those of you who have the hard copy, this first page, these first pages are the syllabus. And what Dan did, which is so awesome, is he connected the links on the page to where it is in the PDF document. So for example, uh, after, so between, Dan, go up, between, between this week and next week, um, you can watch for next time this YouTube video. So click it, boom goes right to YouTube. How awesome is that? Okay, Dan, go back to the PDF, please. Okay, if you look for, um, so where, see where it says read for next, Dan, could you make it this, the image a little bit bigger on the screen? Can you pinch in? Can you just do everything for me right now, Dan? Can you juggle for us too, please? All right, here, Dan, look. Yeah, it's the opposite of pinch in. Okay, so see where it says read for next time? If you hover right over the title of the chapter, you click it, it'll take you right to that spot in the PDF. Okay? Nifty, right? So you can read it online, or you can print it out, whatever you want to do. Um, we want to make it easy for you guys as well to access all this stuff. So, any questions on that? Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, okay, Dan, can you go back to the, uh, the keynote, please? All right. And thank you, Dan, so much for all the hard work you did doing that. That was a Herculean effort. That was so good. Um, okay, you'll also see uh, in the syllabus, there'll be, there might be times where it says, watch this on formed. So who here has not heard 
of form.org. Anybody here new to this idea of form.org? Okay, so we still got a few of us. Form.org is incredible, absolutely incredible. It's described as the Catholic Netflix, if you will, okay? It's a one-stop shop for videos, uh, series, audio talks, audio books, um, PDFs. Like, it is, there's, there is so much content on formed.org. So what I'm going to ask you to do between this week and next week is you go to formed.org, and you're just going to simply register. The way, it's very, very simple, very user-friendly. You'll say, I am registering with a parish. Okay, there'll be a drop-down menu. You'll type in Sacred Heart of Jesus Wadsworth. You see it, click it, put your name, last name, email address, and then you suddenly have access to unbelievable oodles and noodles of content. Um, and this is stuff that, like, you don't even have to wait for me to tell you, watch this video, watch this clip. Explore away. Like, just go nuts throughout the year. You can watch as much of this as you want, as little of, a little of it as you want, but this is... Uh, there's just so much good content on here that, uh, that you can explore for yourself. We good so far? Yes? Okay. Additionally, Deacon Rich already mentioned that our Becoming Catholic inquirers, you also are going to be given, you have a Bible and you have a catechism. Um, did you say bring those? Just the Bible. Just the Bible. Bring the Bible. Okay. Yeah, there's going to be um, sections throughout the year that we're going to have you read stuff out of the catechism. But again, the catechism is such a great reference. It's also great spiritual reading. You could just start at paragraph one and just, just plow through that thing. Okay. How are we doing? Good. Again, as Deacon Rich said, feel free at any point to get up, get more coffee, go to the bathroom. I will be forced to eat the rest of these chocolate chip bars if nobody else does. I'm not terribly sad about that, but my doctor would not be happy. So, like, please feel free to have some of those. Um, Okay, good. No one's moving. Great. All right. So, you want a fat priest. I get it. Okay. I get it. Okay. So, this journey, guys, this journey this year, this journey is not only about learning new ideas, as I said. It's not simply about learning enough content, Catholic content, to pass off as a Catholic. That's not what this is simply about. It's like, do I know enough Catholic stuff? No, that's not what this is about. Ultimately, this process is about a person, like I said. Why don't you gaze your eyes at this image real quick? It's a stunning sculpture that was just recently uh, shared with me by a friend. It's an image of Christ Jesus encountering Mary Magdalene. Now, for those of you who don't know Mary, who know, know who Mary Magdalene was or is, Mary Magdalene... Um, she was a woman who lived a life of serious sin, of serious sin. Um, just so broken, so lost, so broken and so lost. Scripture says that Jesus drove seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. This is a woman who was at the bottom of the barrel, as lost as lost can be. And this is how Jesus approaches her. I want you to see this image of how the sculptor captures her face. What words, what images, what thoughts come to mind as you see this? You can raise your hand. This is where we have a little back and forth. What does this evoke for you? What do you see? What's that? 
compassion. What else? Yeah, just shout it out. You see yourself. Holy cow. Yeah. What's that? Mary seems overwhelmed and lost. Mary seems overwhelmed and lost. Yeah. There's his face. What do you see here? What do you feel? What what comes up with this? Ruth. Total love. Total love. Yeah. Acceptance. There's such a there's such a there's like a slight smile, right, on his face. There's like, I don't know how our artist captures that in, in clay and bronze, but there's just this slight, like, like, there you are, right? There's this slight smile. Look at her posture, right? Like, she had formerly, obviously, just been totally laid out on the ground, a heaping mess, right? Barely covered in this cloth. And Jesus, composed, stoops down to her comes down to her. And she wouldn't have looked up had it not been for his hands, right? He's reaching out to her, grabbing her by the side of the face, and not forcefully, right? You can tell. I mean, there's power in those hands, but it's not a power of domination. It's, it's a power, it's the power of, of love. There's, there's power and tenderness in those hands, right? And there is just something recreative about his gaze upon her. That he's, he's transforming her. That's what, if I could like summarize what I pray happens throughout the course of this year, is that we all would have this moment. For the hundredth time, for the first time, that we would all have this moment where we meet Jesus. Because Christian initiation, is, it's not about membership. Like when we get to Easter, when we get to the Easter Vigil, for those of you who are on this journey with us, if you're ready to get baptized, ready to be confirmed, like... This journey is not just simply about, yeah, now you're, now you're one of us. Like, we'll send you an envelope, put money in it, get in the basket. Right? Like, that's not what it's about. <laughs> it's not about membership. It's about a relationship. This is a missing piece that we as Catholics in the Catholic Church have missed or just neglected or just lost for, for far too long. For far too long. Like, the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, they didn't follow Jesus because... This was rational. This was, the, this was the decision that made the most sense. To leave everything behind and follow this itinerant preacher around the, you know, Palestinian region. They did that because they met a person. They were gazed upon by a person who there was something in his eyes, the way that he looked at them, it communicated a love that didn't correspond to anything in this world. And wherever I encounter that love, man, I, I want to follow that love to wherever it goes. Right? The disciples follow Jesus because of relationship. Because of relationship. And within the context of that relationship, the hierarchical structure came forth out of Jesus' heart so that the relationship could continue through time and into space. The first was the relationship, though. Behind every dogma of the faith, behind every doctrine of the faith, first was a human experience, right? We say we have this, this dogma, this doctrine, this creed as Catholics that Jesus Christ is true God, we say, and true man, right? That's a dogma, that's, that's 
If you don't say that, you're not a Christian, right? That in this human being, God was made present. Okay, before that was ever a dogma, before that was a doctrine ever debated at a council, before there was any heresy condemned, before any of that, it was a human experience of dumb fishermen standing before another man thinking, I don't know how to explain this, but somehow God is being made present to me through him. I don't know how to explain that he's back from the dead, but here he is in glory. I don't know how to explain that, right? But here he is. Before it was dogma, before it was doctrine, it was an encounter with a person, with an experience, right? That's at the heart of this. That's at the heart of it. That's at the heart of this. Becoming Catholic is a process into the heart and mind of the church, into the heart and mind of Christ. Because if you learn all the right ideas, but you never come to meet Jesus, like the idea behind the ideas, that all of this is just wasted time. The journey from the head to the heart. Head to the heart. Like that's why the first couple weeks of this, we're going to like really pause. Like next week, you have to remind me, Deacon Rich, Remind me to talk about the next two weeks. I will. Okay. All right. Over the next two weeks of this um, is just going to be steeping in, just kind of contemplating the, the overarching story, number one, but then also looking at the person of Jesus. Just like, we need to be enamored by him. We need to like rediscover him or discover him for the first time. That's the hope, right? We're going to soak in this. We're going to soak in this, learning how to pray. What does that mean? How does the Catholic Church teach us how to pray? So... How are we doing? Do we need a stretch break? Anybody need to have the chocolate chip things now? Yes, yes. Please, for the love of God, someone. There we go. There's a hero of the night. Can we take five minutes? Let's take, let's take five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, five minutes. And we'll resume. All right. I see that there have been some people eating the chocolate chip pastries. Just classic cradle Catholics right now. Classic cradle Catholics. Okay, cradle Catholics, we're going to get started now. Y'all need to sit down. Jeez. All right, so. Where's Vince? Do you, can you hear that? that? Take, take, come, yeah. I don't know what's that, what that is. Vince will fix it. Okay. I think, I think that, that level just needs to come down just a little bit. Oh, oh you just need to stand there the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. Well, did this just go out? Can you hear me? Hello? Oh, this just died. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's the battery, actually. Okay. Okay. Well, what I want to do for the remainder of the time uh, is I want to tell you a little bit of the story of, like, how all of this unfolded. <laughs> did you do that or did I do that? No, I didn't do it. It's just local, though. It won't affect your stream. Okay. Oh, my. 
This is, this is, this is the devil right now messing with us. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people think that like priests grow on trees, maybe, or something weird like that. Like, where do priests come from? Uh, or, like, or, or they think that, that every priest was a very pious child celebrating mass with like vanilla wafers and grape juice. If there's like an opposite to that story, that's my life, right? So like, I, um, that's the story I want to tell you. Like the story of, 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 of my journey. A lot of you, you've, you, I've been with you now for a little over two years, and uh, I dare say probably most of you don't know the story of, of when I met the Lord. And that's what I want to tell you. That's the story I want to tell you tonight. Uh, so I want to take you way back to uh, right here. Circa 1995. This is me and my little brother Scott. This is my hair that I used to have. So you all know. What's that? It just migrated. Yeah, that's what I tell the preschool kids. It just went south. Yeah. So um, yeah. So this is uh, this is me and my little brother Scott. There's just two of us. And uh, as little boys, like I, we were not a very devout family at all, right? So we were your very Catholic, or very typical Christian Catholic. Okay, so for our newbies, that means you go to Mass on Christmas, and you go to Mass on Easter, right? So we were the ones who sat in all of your pews at uh, those Masses, and you're like, that's my pew, right? That's what we did. That's what we did. We made everyone mad, right? So my parents were very much a product of their own generation. So their parents, my parents' parents, my grandparents, uh, were, were quite devout, right? My, my mom's uh, parents were pr lifelong parishioners at St. Monica's in Garfield. My dad's parents were parishioners at um, uh, St. Pius in Bedford. My dad, I did find this out later in life, my dad was kicked out of St. Pius when he was in fourth grade. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> to be expected. So... But the, when they raised, you know, my mom and dad, both my grandparents, the presumption was, well, we're Catholic, so you'll be Catholic, and that's enough. Like, we go to, you go to Catholic school, and, like, you'll just be a Catholic, and then you'll have Catholic kids, and that's just enough. Well, that's, that's not enough. It wasn't enough, right? So my parents, uh, my parents were uh, successful business owners. They were, they were, most of my childhood, very busy building a, a surgical instrument business, um, and you know, I come along in 1988. Don't do the math. That'll make you feel old, some of you. Um, I come along in 1988, and uh, what do they do? Well, he gets baptized. Why? Well, we're Catholic. Well, why? We don't know. Who? Stop asking questions, right? Just get the baby baptized. So I was baptized, obviously, as a baby. I made my first reconciliation in second grade. Well, because that's what you do. I made my first communion in second grade. I didn't go to Catholic school. I was a, I was a uh, public school kid. And then after second grade, I put up, I guess, enough of a fight on Sunday mornings that I got to be a PSR dropout. Um, <laughs> from second grade onward, I didn't go to PSR. There was no religious formation or education in my life uh, up until my junior year of high school. So obviously, um, the, uh, the, the little boy you see here, he grew up, he was... Uh, he wanted to be the Red Ranger. That was his career path. That was his goal as a kindergartner. My parents watched cops uh, at night, and I watched Power Rangers. And I just didn't know there was a difference between fiction and nonfiction. So I just thought, okay, well, those people fight bad people, and those people fight bad people. And 
the Red Ranger is going to get older one day. Someone's going to have to take his place. I'll, I'll do that, right? I'll wear the red suit and I'll fight the bad guys. Um, I, yeah, there, that, was, that was my career goal. And um, now I fight real bad guys, which is kind of cool. Anyway, so here is Scott and I. Uh, this was the morning I was ordained a priest. Um, if you notice, I have much less hair and um, my brother has much less hair too, if we can actually zoom in on that. Um, <laughs> If you notice, the forest is quite thin uh, on the top. And if you were to see him now, he has the same hairdo as me. So, um, so the question, I guess, is then uh, what intervened between not knowing Jesus at all, not going to church, and this moment? Uh, and the simple answer is I, I met him. I met him. So junior year of high school at St. Mary's in Hudson, that's when we would get confirmed. So... Uh, 11th grade. There's a lot of other parishes that do confirmation in 8th grade. We did confirmation in 11th grade. And I knew that the process involved um, being part of the youth group. You had to go on a retreat. You had to do some youth groupy things. So I had that in the back of my mind. I got confirmed because my mom said, if you don't get confirmed, grandma's going to be really ticked off. Um, <laughs> quote, that's what she said. I was like, well, I don't want to tick off your mom. I, she has some, she gives good gifts, right? So uh, we're just going to keep myself and grandma's good graces. So, um, okay, so junior year of high school. Uh, I'm in physics class, and Mr. Golden is my teacher, and every month we would get a new seating chart. Well, this, it's the beginning of the school year. It's around this time of year, actually. I have this huge crush on this girl. We'll call her Kristen, because that was her name. And... Um, <laughs> I thought Kristen was beautiful and wonderful and amazing, and I just wanted to marry her, right? I just had never talked to her. So there was a few <laughs> missing pieces in my plan. So anyway, so I come into physics class. We're getting new seats for the month, and I see that Kristen is already seated in her spot. And I'm like, wouldn't it be sweet if the seat that I'm assigned to is right next to Kristen? Well, the way it worked was you'd, you'd walk in, and there was a stack of playing cards by the door, and the cards corresponded to a seating chart on the overhead projector. So I walked in, grabbed my card, looked at it, looked at the chart, and wouldn't you know it, I'm seated right next to Kristen. I'm really starting to believe in God at this point. So, <laughs> so I sit down next to Kristen, and the whole class goes by, and I said nothing to her. Very romantic. Next class, next day, goes by. Same thing, not a word. Third day, we're working on this worksheet together. It's about the origin of the universe, Big Bang Theory, stuff like that. And then kind of out of nowhere, she just looks at me and starts asking me questions about God. Now, at this point in my life, I knew nothing about God. I had no thoughts. I had not pondered God's existence she could have asked me about my thoughts on the migration patterns of Canadian geese, and I would have had more to say uh, about you know, that than God. But I wasn't stupid. So I just said, well, like, what do you think about God? <laughs> right? She said some stuff, and I know synonyms, so I just took what she said, and I just repackaged it and sent it back in her direction. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I know, right? You feeling this? Right? <laughs> We should get married, right? So, so then she says, she goes, where do you go to church? And I said, St. Mary's in Hudson, which was technically true, right? Um, she goes, I've never seen you there, which feels <laughs> devastating, right? 
But here's the thing. I figured that she meant I had never seen you at like the youth group or the youth mass, right? So at St. Mary's in Hudson, 5.30 p.m. on Sunday evenings is the youth, the youth mass, the life teen mass, right? It's more contemporary music, guitars, drums, all that stuff, hand motions, right? It was early 2000s, you know. So anyway, so I figured that's what she meant. I've never seen you at the life teen mass. So this is what I said. I said, well... I'm a little bit more serious in my faith. I like to go to the morning mass with the organ and the piano. I don't like the drums and the guitar. She goes, oh, okay, yeah. Well, actually, tonight's the first planning meeting for the fall retreat. She's like, it's, it's going to be awesome. How about, ready for this, how about I pick you up and we go together? Now, at this point, I'm sitting there. My heart's just going in my chest, right, 1,000 miles an hour. And I just found Jesus, uh, and I got super, I was saved right there in physics class. So uh, she says to me, I'll pick you up. I'll be in the driveway at 6.30. So I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I've got a date to homecoming now. I met my future wife. We're going on our first date, all these things. But then it's dawning on me like, oh, shoot, we're doing like a, a church thing. Like, she's going to find out, right? I had built the entire foundation of our future marriage on lies, right? So this was not good. So she's in the driveway. She's talking 6.30. My mom's upstairs. She's like, Patrick, there's a girl in the driveway. Go downstairs. We go to the church meeting. We were, we were late to it. In fact, it, was supposed to, it started at 6, not 6.30. So we were late. All the people were inside already. I'm trying to say, Kristen, let's just like sneak in the back. She doesn't hear me. She busts through the back doors of the church like a SWAT team. She's like, like this on the doors. The doors fly open, right? Everyone in the church is like, who's that? Right? They all turn around. I want to die. We sit down. The meeting's going on. I can see people like looking at me going, what is he doing here? He's never been here. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here, right? I didn't know that this place was open. I'm not on Christmas, right? So, <laughs> so. So the youth minister gets up there. He's talking about what the retreat's going to be about. I don't know what a retreat is. I don't know anything that he's saying. But then at a certain point, the lights in the church dim down. And everyone in the pews gets up. And they start surrounding the altar. And I'm like, I'm like following them, but I have no idea what's happening. I'm thinking, is this when like, we kill the animal, drink the blood? It's like, what are we, is this when the, the animal sacrifice happens? I did not know what was happening. I look in the back of the church and I see this priest wearing these long robes, processing in from the back of the church. There's people with candles in front of him. Someone's swinging this smoky thing, right, the incense. And he's carrying in his hands this big gold star, right? As Catholics, we call that the monstrance. The monstrance holds, in the center of it, a host, one of the pieces of bread that gets consecrated at Mass, that becomes the body and blood of Jesus. More on that later. So Father Damien Ference, who many of you know, was the parochial vicar at my home parish for my four years of high school. He's processing him from the back of the church. And you have to realize, like, I had zero categories to understand what I was seeing in this moment. It was like, like the Native Americans looking at the horizon, seeing the European ships coming toward them, like, I have no idea what this is. He places the monstrance on the altar, and he's incensing it, and the music's going, the, the, the praise and worship is happening. People around me have their hands up. Some people have their hands folded, eyes closed, eyes open. Some people are laying completely prostrate on the ground. They were all serious. They were all enraptured with this moment. And what was just so evident to me in this was that th these, these people around me, they were responding to 
like a presence that um, was like invisible to me. Like I, like there was a person that they were responding to that I, I didn't know. Um, there was a reality that they were entering into that was like opaque to me. And I remember kneeling there, and this is the thought that entered my mind. Like looking at this scene on the altar, it was like, God, um, I don't know if you're here. I think you are. I think this is real. And whatever this is, I want more of it. And I'm ready. That's what I said. It was, it was the first prayer I've ever prayed. I left the church that night feeling just so clearly like my life had been moving in a very particular trajectory and all of a sudden it was just now altered ever so slightly on a slightly different trajectory. Now I know this is the part of the story where all the women in the room are wondering what happened to Kristen, right? <laughs> okay, I've told this story enough to know that that's the question that comes next. Well, what about Kristen? Um, Kristen got asked to homecoming the next day, and it obviously didn't work out between her and I, as you can tell. But this is a cool part of this story. Um, I was in my first assignment, and it was a day where I was the only priest at the office, and I get a phone call. It was a number I didn't recognize on my cell phone, and I pick it up, and I'm like, hello? Is this Patrick? I said, yes. Who's this? This is Kristen. I'm like, Kristen, she says her last name. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I just hadn't talked to her in, in years. We kind of lost track after high school into college. I'm like, what's going on? Like, how are you? She goes, well, actually not, not too good. She's like, I'm at Simon Cancer Center at the, at the cancer building. She's getting treatment for, for breast cancer. Um, I'm like, oh my gosh. She goes, I, and I was asking the, the, the nurses if there was a priest in the area that could come anoint me. And they said, yeah, there's a priest at Communion of Saints who's just right up the road. Father Patrick Schultz, he's been here before. She's like, Patrick Schultz? I went to high school with him. He was supposed to be my husband. She didn't say that. <laughs> so, so she still had my number. She calls me, and I get to go to the hospital, and um, I anointed her, said masses for her. Got to be a priest to this girl who was the person who brought me to the moment where I met Jesus. Like, when I look back on my life, my life is totally inexplicable. Apart from that night, all I know to say is that I met someone that night. It was as if Jesus had been, like, he's like a master chess player, right? Like, I play chess one move at a time, right? I just see one move on the board. Master chess players, they see, like, 50 moves ahead, 100 moves ahead. They see all the options. They're playing, like forward in time, backwards in time, they're seeing all of it. And they make one move because they know 30 moves from now they're going to checkmate you, right? So it was like Jesus had been maneuvering all these pieces of my life slowly, imperceptibly, because he wanted to bring me to this moment where we could meet. Where he could, like, look at me and say, like, hi, Right? That's all I know to say is what happened, is that I met a person that night, and my life has quite literally never been the same. So after that night, I, I, I became super involved in the youth group. 
I was devouring books, devouring content, devouring books like this, YouTube videos, as much as I could. I wanted to understand. Because it was as if, like, I suddenly was becoming, beginning to realize that this Catholic faith, which was associated with me all these years, right? We go to Mass on Christmas. Why? I don't know. This is stupid. Go to Mass on Easter. This is stupid. I don't like this tie, right? Ugh, right? All that stuff. This Catholic faith that had been, like, shackled to my ankle, like this, this treasure chest that I was lugging around annoyingly all these years, suddenly someone's like, can I show you what's inside that? Do you know what you're dragging around with you? And like they opened the lid, and you're like, oh my gosh. Like this has been in this the whole time? Like you mean like, like treasure untold, beauty indescribable. It's the correspondence of faith and reason. It's not just like believe because we tell you to believe, but it like, believe because it makes sense to believe, right? The most brilliant minds that have ever lived, the most incredible artists and poets and sculptors, the most incredible writers, the most incredible composers, the most beautiful music, the most beautiful architectural structures, the most beautiful works of art have all been inspired by, birthed out of people meeting Jesus. Like the most beautiful stuff that humanity has ever created has been in response to this person who actually lived and who's actually encounterable still today. You can still meet him. You can still talk to him. You can still embrace him. It's all, it's all real. Now the story of how I got drawn into the seminary is another story for another night. And I'll leave you on that cliffhanger. But I just wanted to share that tonight because that, like, every single one of us as Catholics ought to be able to tell our story like that. Because again... You don't join the Catholic Church, you become a Catholic. Just like all you married people, just like all you couples, you can tell the story of when you met, right? You sitting next to that, this person you call a spouse, it makes no sense apart from that initial meeting. Or you and your best friend, all that history you have makes no sense apart from your meeting them. To be a Catholic is to be someone who has met the Lord and has sought to live in relationship with him in and through the church that Jesus founded and through which Jesus still has access to us today and we have access to him. So, we're going to land this plane a few minutes early. That will probably never happen again. <laughs> Deacon's going to be like giving, the, giving me the, the hook to pull me off stage every time. Uh, but I have to say two things, or one thing about the next two weeks. So, this Becoming Catholic series was advertised as beginning on September 28th, every Wednesday until Easter. Got bad news. Um, life being what it is, the next two weeks, I cannot be with you on Wednesday. So we're, sh we're shifting the next two weeks to Mondays. So what does that mean? That Becoming Catholic will meet on Monday, this, or Monday, October 3rd, down here and Monday, October 10th, in the church. And then beyond that, Wednesdays. You're normally scheduled Wednesdays. If that throws wrenches into everyone's lives and plans, that's why we have this all recorded. And I'm really sorry that that's the case. But this coming week, um, next week, I'm sorry, Father Joe and I and all the priests of the diocese are going to be on retreat together. And then the following week, 
I'm going to be in Washington, D.C. with our eighth graders on their annual eighth grade D.C. trip. So, um, and those two classes are, are classes that I, I really want to uh, deliver to you. So Monday, October 3rd, down here. Monday, October 10th, up in the church. And beyond that, our regularly scheduled programming. Okay. Deacon, anything else I've forgotten? Anything else you need to add or share or say? Okay. All right. Well, let's end in a prayer and let's get you on out of here. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God Almighty, you are beautiful and good. Your heart is overflowing with gifts for your sons and daughters. Father, I ask you right now to stir up in our hearts a deeper desire to know you, a deeper desire to fall in love with you, a deeper desire to know your truth, the truth that comes to us through the imperfect vessel of humanity and through the church. Jesus, we ask you to bless us and all those that we love as we go forth from here tonight. In a particular way, Lord, tonight we bring to you all of those uh, people who are in harm's way, especially in Florida, all those families, the sick, the elderly, the homeless. Lord, we lift up to you right now and intercede for any of the souls who might have already been lost to the hurricane. Jesus, we ask your, in your mercy that you would uh, calm that storm and soon you bring relief and help to anybody who's in harm's way. Lord, we lift up to you right now in the silence of our own hearts, all of our own personal inner intentions. We make this prayer, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Excellent. All right, everybody. Safe travels. Have a wonderful night. And we'll see you next time. Monday, October. And then I